Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the JM Sports Podcast. Hosted, of course, by myself, Max Danielson, and my co-host, Jared Hedges. Jared, uh, we got some interesting things that are going on this week, especially, I mean, we'll start off here uh, talking about Spring Training 2.0. I mean, baseball's finally about to be back. I mean, it's it, it honestly is refreshing to see some uh, North American sports about to be back in play. Yeah, now, I'm still not, you know, 100% on when or if there's going to be regular season games. I know they agreed to it, but if this gets worse yeah. and worse and worse, I it's a step in the right direction, but I, I'm not I'm not hundred percent sold yet. All it takes is for one really big baseball player to get it, like Freddie Freeman, for example, right, to get yeah. it. Like what if Mike what if Mike Trout gets it? Well Mike Trout apparently is, is very uh, is on the fence if he really wants to return, but when we're talking about steps in the right direction, Jared, of course, uh, when they did their COVID testing, uh, very low numbers came back, which is a good sign for them. And then I know uh, multiple teams are trying to enforce social distancing. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, uh, but the oh, Red yeah, Sox, uh, with their suites, they converted their suites into uh, socially distanced, uh, a socially distanced locker room, so two players per suite, uh, which I think is very, very smart. But, I mean, talking about the fact um teams are getting back into play but then we also have players that are opting out i know felix hernandez opted out uh just today uh ian desmond is opting out because of family stuff and all that uh there are some players on the fence mike trout i know has been uh verbal about that the fact that he's not sure about that and of course like we were talking about how freddie freeman just uh was or had a positive test for coronavirus um so now really jared becomes a question you know, what is going to be the next step for Major League Baseball in all this? How do they uh, go with all this coronavirus stuff? How do they uh, get teams back into play? I mean, what do you think really is going to be this next step that we're going to see here? The main issue for me is, you know, like you're saying, also the injury factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're if they start play, it's going to be late July. So July, I think they said July 20th. Fifth, I think, is the day. Um, you let's say you blow your arm out if you're a pitcher or somebody like that. You, you're gonna miss the rest of this season, all of next season, and possibly a little bit more of the following season if you blow your arm out. Mm-hmm. I say, I I think there's too many risks. Do I, I want baseball to come back? Yes, absolutely. But I just think there's way too many risks. Yeah. Now. Uh, I don't know if you also saw this, Jared, that kind of popped up on Twitter as well the other day uh, with Tanaka and the Yankees. He got hit by a line drive off Stanton. I mean, you know, but that's something that just happens in baseball every so often, unfortunately. I mean, coming from a pitcher's perspective, that's our worst nightmare. I mean, no one wants that especially. Um, But, yeah, I mean, injuries are going to be a humongous. um, I think we're going to see a surge in injuries this year. I mean, you know, for example, I mean, we were talking about Syndergaard at the beginning of the year. I mean, coming out of spring training and all that, blew out his arm. Um, and another, and I, and I would imagine, my prediction is at least five pitchers for sure that are in the starting rotations for teams uh, throughout the league are at least going to, uh, I, I feel like we're going to see injury to at least five pitchers that are a big part to teams. I, I really do because... Um, not many guys are doing what Trevor Bauer was doing of getting in reps and doing those live ABs and all that. Um, but 
speaking or sticking to the topic of baseball before we get on to um, our next segment here uh let's talk about the cleveland indians here with the whole name change what do you think about that do you think there needs to be a name change or do you think it's okay the way that there are well it's like for me if you change the indians you gotta change the redskins i mean you you might i mean i hate to say it but you may even have to change to the blackhawks um i i'm kind of iffy on the subject but they already got rid of the offensive logo or what people claimed was offensive. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I, again, I, I honestly don't care. That's just me. But it's like, if you want to think about it, you could dig deep to find things about almost any team, like people calling for us to change our name just because we're affiliated with the actual Texas Rangers. I think that's dumb. And then also, the New York Yankees, people could find a problem with being a Yankee. I mean, there's there's things that you can find. I mean, how the Chicago White Sox used to be the Black Sox and they changed them to the White Sox. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could find anything, anything these days, and it could be a big thing. Now, do I think like the – you know, a team, for example, like the Blackhawks or some team like that. I don't think have their name is as big of a deal as the Indians or uh, Redskins. Ultimately, I do think they're going to change their name in soon. I don't know if it's going to be this year or when, but I think down the road they're going to change their team name. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I want to ask you, Jared, I mean, what do you think then the Indians would be looking towards for a team name? I mean, because – I mean, it's very hard to rebrand a team, especially that's been like the Indians since, I mean, since we can remember as as long as we've been born and prior to that. I mean, I don't really know where you sit or where the Indians can, or sorry, the Cleveland MLB team could look to go after this with a team name. I I think you just roll with it. Just stay with it. I mean, I, I... The Redskins are a different scenario. They are, for or at least in my opinion. I think they're different. I mean, you already got rid of the Chief Wahoo logo. It's like their logo is just a C now. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think there's – you've got to talk – see, here's my thing. You've got to talk to the people who it applies to and ask if they're offended by it. Yeah. Not Not – like it can't be me. It can't be you. It's got to be somebody who is, you know, a Native American and do they how do they feel about it Mm -hmm. it's like people ask that with the blackhawks for example the where we got the name from they we've talked to all the people they all love it i mean especially when you win like you know the blackhawks have done i mean it 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 just depends i think they just need to you know dig deep talk to people who are you know native american and see what what are their what do they think about it? Are they offended by it? Because that's to me that's those are the people that matter. Yeah, for sure. Because it's named after them. It's named after them. If they don't if they don't care, then it's not a problem. I'd absolutely agree with that. So that so with that, we're not going to try to dive too much into that. Especially, uh, I mean, if we're going to dive into it, it's going to be if something comes of the Redskins. Uh, I mean. We talked about it this week on my uh, podcast, kind of just about what's with that. Um, And I definitely know if there is a name change. I mean, we'll be talking about it here on the show for sure, and we'll kind of dive into that. 
Uh, but we're going to wrap up this segment and we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be doing our top five of the week, which is for this week one that uh, definitely a little bit out there, but uh, definitely a really cool one, which will be our top five favorite sports movies of all time. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Hey, it's Lax Tweetman down at Monkey Sports. Are you looking for a place to shop for your next athletic season? Well, Monkey Sports, we're here to help. Whether you're looking for baseball, hockey, or lacrosse gear, if you can dream it, we got it. We provide both the latest and best in the market equipment for you and your athlete. Stop by and see us down at US 75 off of Bethany Drive, Monkey Sports and Allen, a proud sponsor of JM Sports. And welcome back here to the Jam Sports Podcast where we left off. We were talking about spring training 2.0 with Major League Baseball and as well uh, the possible name change that could be going on with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, however, we will stick, of course, since we're a sports show with sports, uh, being our top five favorite sports movies of all time. Now, I will say this, um, a, show, a movie that I haven't watched that I know would probably be in my top five is Coach Carter, but... Fortunately, have not watched it yet. I definitely need to. I know it's one of the greatest basketball movies of all time. Heck, you could probably put Hoosiers in there too. Uh, but they are not in my top five. These are just movies who I've seen. And I will just say this. Uh, being a baseball player, I am a little biased more towards the baseball movies. But uh, still have some pretty good mo- movies in there. Uh, so, Jared, I'm going to throw it to you for your number one in your top five favorite sports movies of all time. So, for me, with this movie... The historical importance of this event during the 1980s um back my favorite movie that i've honestly a top five movie like take out sports movies it's honestly one of my favorite movies of all time and i miracle is my f- favorite sports movie of all time um for the i feel like the way they did the game they everything they did in the game was accurate i mean you know, you go to sports games, especially Stars games, when, you know, the team's down or whatnot, they play that speech mm-hmm. that Herb Brooks gave. I mean, for people that don't understand the importance of the Miracle on Ice, I know you do and I do, but um, it was more than a game. Um, the tide of the Cold War kind of shifted after that. Um, and for people that also don't know, the USA USA chant that they always say that came from that game. And it's just something that if, if I've ever, every time I've been asked if you could go back to history, to any, any event, historically, any event, it'd be that one. Um, now I will say this. I did put miracle as my number two movie of all time. Um, However, and I, I will agree with you, I mean, the historical importance of that movie is one of the best, um, and it also is one of the greatest stories of all time, especially the fact that the USSR was, I mean, projected to win, and for those of you, uh, I, I, I was thinking that you were going to go on a po- uh, about this, Jared, but um, back in those days in the Olympics, you could not technically use NHL players, hence why oh, the yeah, USA, no. they usually, they had college kids and um I believe semi-pro uh, players as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but... It was basically back then, and this is the way Olympics were always are. I mean, I know we kind of got spoiled with our professionals in, on all the sports, NBA, NHL, and, well, now baseball, going to the Olympics. I mean, 
with back then, the Russians kind of always kind of bend the rules a little bit. Like our guys, most of the guys on that team were from Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Massachusetts. So those guys pretty much, a lot of those guys were teammates for a little bit. And, and the Russians were guys that played with each other for 15 years as a team. They're paid heavily to train constantly. And our American guys only played together for six months before the Olympics. Yeah. Hardly any time to, to build chemistry. I mean, our guys didn't have the skill like the Russians, but what they had was heart. They, yeah. I mean, it, it's just... Probably one of the best. I've always argued it's the best moment in Olympic sports history for the United States. I know some people will say Jesse Owens, and, and deservedly so. But I just think, given the scenario and what was going on at the time, you could also make the same case for Jesse Owens. Don't get me wrong. I just think that the Miracle on Ice was probably one of the biggest moments in American sports. Yeah. And I even know, I mean, heck, you could probably throw in that Jesse Owens movie as an honorable mention as well. I mean, that was a great movie, too. Um, for my number one, it, I mean, this is a movie that when I went to go see it in the in the, uh, in the theaters, I thought it was going to be a documentary. I, I didn't really know what I was going to see, but yeah. it ended up being my favorite sports movie of all time. And it still is today, probably still. And it's just probably because I'm a sports guy, but it's still my favorite movie of all time. That's 42. I mean, I absolutely love the way that they did. I think the just everything that they did for that movie was so good. And just the way that they brought um, kind of the life of Jackie Robinson together, kind of the, the trials and tribulations that he had to go through in order to get on uh, the Dodgers team and kind of his whole story. I thought it was such a great movie. I thought they did a terrific job with it. I think they did a terrific job of setting the scene and everything for it. Um, so, I mean, it do, it definitely goes down as my favorite uh, sports movie of all time. Of course, then second, like I was talking about, is Miracle on Ice. I mean, it's one of the greatest movies. If you have not seen Miracle on Ice, I mean, I I don't really know uh, what to tell you. You need to go see it for sure. But, Jared, then I'll let, I'll let you go on with your number two uh, favorite sports movie of all time. So, I would probably go with Field of Dreams with Kevin Cosner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you know, for Absolute, those that haven't, it's Jared, a base, I'm a baseball player. Baseball of course movie. I've seen that movie. Well, you know, there's so many people who haven't seen that movie, and I, I just think it's one of the, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I just, you know, how they come through the field and all that. I mean, I've, I just love that that story. I mean, yeah, if you build it, they'll come. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it for a while, but you know, it's kind of if it, it's such a big deal that you know before COVID and all that. Yeah, I was gonna they were going time. to play. They were going to build like MLB was playing a game. They were going to make a temporary stadium on the site of that baseball diamond in Iowa, and and if it's that it's that big of a deal, it was that good of a movie. Why would baseball do that? Yeah. Like, why aren't they going to go do that at Benchwarmers or something like that? It's a great movie. Well, I think also the fact uh, with Benchwarmers, that field would be pretty damn small for them to play on. But, yeah. Um, so my uh, going on to the number three movie of all time, I got to stick with the baseball movie here. And uh, it's got one of the greatest uh, baseball quotes for sure, and that is, you're killing me, Smalls. That is Sandlot. I mean, one of the best movies uh, for sure. Um there's not really much I can really say about it. I mean, it's a good movie. It's a good family movie. I mean, you talk about a movie that could get your kid into baseball a little bit. I mean, 
Sandlot's a great one, especially kind of with the whole 4th of July thing that just happened. I mean, that scene where uh, Big Benny there hits a home run, fireworks are going off uh, after he hits that. I mean, it's a great movie. Again, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. I definitely need to re-see it, but, I mean, every time that I see it, love it to death. You know, and for my number three, and this is kind of where I kind of got into looking at the front office perspective because I used to be like everybody else yep. and before I, I saw this. Be my, this before I is number four on my list, so I'll let you keep going with that. So but. for me, and I get so annoyed by it, but ever since I watched this movie, I used to be the guy that wouldn't look at the front office perspective for, um, you know, trading or signing people this would be moneyball I, I if you want an interesting movie to see kind of i mean it's not like gonna be perfect like how it actually works but it's very similar to the way a, a professional sports team run its organization uh you look at the oakland a's they're not the guy they're they've never been the team that makes the most money i mean they're they're they they have good teams i mean you look at them now they have to trade everybody ever so often because they cannot afford to pay them. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I don't, I hope they don't do it, but maybe they won't have the money to sign Matt Chapman. Maybe they won't have the money to sign Matt Olson, but what they've always done is they scout. They have some of the best scouts historically have had the best scouts of all time. So you'd see, you'd see them be able to build a team from nothing like on the file. It's like, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And keep and, in mind, at the time as well, I mean, they, I mean, like you were saying, they don't have money. And I think at the time they had the lowest um, cap per team uh, in Major League yeah. Baseball as well. I mean, if you want a movie that kind of takes a look, like Jerry was talking about, at the, what a front office does and what they have to look at, I mean, they're trying to, you know, it's not about just getting the best players. It's about creating wins, creating on base, uh, or players to get on base. It's creating uh, strikeouts. It's creating all these things. And this is kind of what Moneyball goes into. I mean, they took a team of misfit toys. I know in the movie, I believe they said that, um, and turned them into a team that historically went on a twenty-game win streak out of nowhere. Yeah, um, they had. It goes guys... down as one of the most surprising teams of all time. Oh yeah, you got guys like um, nobody knew who Jason Giambi was. Mm-hmm. Um, now he wasn't as big, but at the time he was. Eric Chavez, their third baseman, they used to have. I mean, I mean, even Eric Burns, too. I mean, you, you have guys who come out of nowhere. Like, nobody was talking about, like, even today, nobody was talking about Matt Olson. No one really was hyping up Matt Chapman to be uh, that much. And look at him now. They find the right pieces. Yeah. And this is kind of what I try to hammer into people when they say, like, right now, oh, Dallas Cowboys need to trade for Jamal Adams. You got to look at the front office perspective you can't demand everything just because you want all the good players on your team like you yeah. said like w- would i love the chicago blackhawks to have Connor mcdavid on their team absolutely but it's not feasible that's what the movie was teaching me is if you can't you, you can't always afford everybody yeah and you also you, not only as well with the jamal adams thing but you got to look down the road too. what you're sacrificing at that point because I mean, we've even talked about this, Jared, on our podcast, where if they trade for Jamal Adams, I mean, they basically have a one- to two-year window to win, and then basically they're they're kind of screwed with if they get Jamal Adams because then 
Of course, they're going to be paying Dak. Then they got to try to figure out how to re-sign Leighton and all those guys on the defense as well as some guys on the offense. Um, there's a lot of guys who are very, very questionable about that. But, um, I mean, that, that movie just goes into, I mean, just what it's like to be in the front office and what it takes to create a team. Jared, I'll take – I'll. Uh, throw it to you kind of for your number four team or your uh number four uh movie because of course like i was talking about Moneyball is my number four um mine i've kind of been wrestling once i got to four and five i kind of don't know which one i was gonna pick but i was looking at um a classic baseball movie major league mm-hmm. great movie I, I, the first one uh-huh. I don't particularly well, care for the other ones. If you put Major League Two, or they made a third one as well, right? Yes, I never yeah, saw that. Those one, were both but, terrible, but Major but, the first Major League was amazing. So you know the whole plot. I mean, the Cleveland Indians and the when was the movie like set? Because like um, the Cleveland Indians were good in the nineties, so it had say, to have been before that. Um, let me check that honestly. I'm not. I thought I thought I've always thought it was in my in the nineties, but I could be wrong. Maybe it was the early nineties. I could be wrong, but you know it is fake. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not. You don't have guys like on the nineties. They don't have Jim Tomey or Manny Ramirez on there. But for for a while, the Indians were a bad team, and this team kind of showed. Oh, we signed a band of misfits like Vaughn who when they signed him, he's like, all he does is he throws hard, but he was so inaccurate. Or uh, Serrano, the guy who can only hit fastballs and can't hit curveballs. And then that guy that only steals bases, I don't even know his name. Willie Mays Hayes. Yes, that I don't know why I was forgetting about that. But I think it was, all so of, the movie came out in 89, so I would imagine it had to be somewhere in the 80s. Yeah, so... Basically, during that time, the Cleveland Indians were not the greatest team. It'd be kind of like if you're going to pick a baseball team right now, no offense, Mr. Gibson, but you would pick the Seattle Mariners. I mean, oh, they are Gibson not a very good this. team. He's going he's gonna to get on you for that. And I'm not, I, I'm not trashing them. They just, you know, it's kind of like what they are now. They really don't have any big yeah. pieces at all right now. So no disrespect to them, but I'm just throwing that Absolutely. out there. It's like. They're the laughing stock of MLB during the time of that movie. I mean, I would also say they've been the laughing stock for a long time. They just like even in two thousand one, they had that remarkable season and couldn't finish. I mean, they've been a team that historically has not been able to finish when it comes to the postseason or even heck in the regular season as well. And well, and then but people forget they blew. Uh, you might want to look this up, but I believe when they played the Cubs in the World Series, I think they blew a three-one lead. I can check that for you here. I'm positive they they uh, had a three one lead and they choked. But um, and then for my number five movie, I went with Draft Day, the football movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that movie was tremendous. I mean, kind of showing you how a draft works from a front office perspective. Uh, dude, they haven't gone to the World Series. You know that, right? Cleveland, they have trust me. Oh no, we were talking. I thought you were talking still about Seattle. Oh no, 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 no. I was saying oh, Cleveland. Shoot. I was Cleveland like, blew a three. You were telling lead. me to look that up. I was like, Jared, you do Sorry, know I thought, Seattle's not. Hasn't no, been no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah no, it was a I knew that. Lead. It was a three-one lead. Okay, 
So yeah, no. With that, they they've had good teams. I mean, you know, they've had decent, like great pitching rotation for the past three, four years. You have, you know, they had Corey Kluber. They had, you know, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer's, you know, one of the best pitchers in the game. And then that they have Shane Bieber, who's their ace now since Corey Kluber's with us now. And then Carlos Carrasco, that's a that's a dominant one, two, three, four combination. Yeah. Then they had an amazing bullpen for the longest time. And see, they're also a team kind of like the Oakland A's. You know, why is it that they haven't signed Francisco Lindor to another contract? They just don't have yeah. the market. They're not the big market. They can't afford someone like that. Now, uh, I will keep with you um, for number five with the football movie as well. Um and that is uh, one of probably the greatest football, probably the greatest football movie of all time, or at least my favorite football movie of all time, which is Remember the Titans. I mean, it's a great movie. It's a great movie about motivation, uh, especially when I did my acting class this uh, this past school year uh, for my monologue. I actually did Coach Boone's monologue in Gettysburg. Um, I think it's a great movie. I mean, it, it really teaches I've you about how to be I've never seen it. I, Jared, I recommend watching that movie because it is one of my favorite movie. I mean, heck, it's top. It's it's number five on my list for a reason. I mean, if I wasn't a big baseball guy, it'd probably be higher on my list. But um, it, it's such a great team. It's it's a great movie about teamwork and just bringing yourself together uh, to conquer a goal. And I think it's it's a great movie. Um, I mean, I haven't seen it for the longest time. I haven't seen it since I was about maybe 13, 14 years old. But I mean, I remember watching it and absolutely loving that movie. Now, I I don't – the only reason I didn't put 42 in my list was kind of because you had it and you talked so much about it. But mm-hmm. if you didn't have it, 42 would be – 42 is pretty close. See, this is what I mean. I have – like having uh, Major League and um, Draft Day and 42, you could put them all in there. But 42 was the first baseball – or first movie – that I probably went with my dad and saw. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you were talking about accuracy. Jackie Robinson was treated like shit back in the day. Yeah. I mean, he, the stuff that he went through, I mean, I I can't even imagine. Yeah. And they, they talked about it with as much as they could. I mean, they can't, you know, put necessarily everything that they right. called him. In, in a movie, because, you know, it's Hollywood. They can't do that. Yeah. And so I, I I love that movie. I mean, anytime I get I see it on TV, I watch it. Absolutely. Um, so that's going to round out our list for the top five favorite movies of all time, at least sports movies of all time. Um, actually, you know what, Jared? Maybe sometime we should do a top five favorite movies of all time just in general. I mean – since we're in this whole quarantine thing, we, we won't really get to be able to talk about sports, especially the fact if sports don't really come back. But that could be a topic idea for some day in the future. Uh, however, we are going to take a very quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be wrapping up our episode with a segment called On the Horizon, which we'll be trying to kind of think. Uh, it's kind of a segment we're going to try to start off, which is basically whenever there's a sport that's about to come back into its season talking a little bit about that and of course for this week on the horizon it's going to be or really this edition of on the horizon it's going to be with hockey so don't go anywhere we'll be right back 
Hey, this is Jason with Lacrosse Monkey. Are you looking for a place to shop for your next athletic season? Monkey Sports is here to help. Whether you're looking for baseball, hockey, or lacrosse gear, if you can dream it, we got it. We provide both the latest and best-in-the-market equipment for your athlete. Stop by and visit us down at US 75 and off of Bethany Drive. Monkey Sports and Allen, a proud sponsor of Jam Sports. And welcome back to the Jam Sports Podcast, where we left off. We were talking about our top five favorite sports movies of all time. Now, Jared, we talk about hockey being on the horizon uh, within the coming months. I mean, it's a. I mean, they're about to start play. What at the end of July, if I'm not mistaken, or they're expecting to start play at the it's, end of July. They're expecting to play. I think training camp in mid July. And they're looking at probably a early August start for play. Mm-hmm. I think I saw August nine, but um, so it's a little over a month from now, essentially. About yes, and I cannot wait for that day. And um, so oh, basically, Jared, I, happened, I know you can't wait for that day. You eat, sleep, and breathe hockey, dude. Basically, I, what's happened that. since that is they're going to be playing. Now they haven't announced it publicly yet, but I've seen from the Ken Rosenthal's of hockey. Ken Rosenthal is one of the most well-respected baseball analysts. So that's what I'm saying is the like most Woj respected for, hockey analyst. Uh, NBA. Yeah, exactly. The guys like that. And they're saying that Toronto and Edmonton are going to be the hub cities. So each those one of those hub cities too, honestly, especially for, each, I mean, Canadian hockey, man. I mean, what, what can go wrong with that? Hockey's seeing that's the things like what football is here. Is like it's what, what hockey, hockey is, is up there. there, or like what and, soccer is in Europe. Yeah, and so what? What it would be is the Eastern Conference. They haven't announced which conference is going where yet, but one, the Eastern, either the Eastern Conference and or Western Conference will go to Toronto, and whichever doesn't will go to Edmonton. And the conference finals and the um, uh, Stanley Cup final will be in Edmonton. Toronto will host the playoffs, but they won't have the conference finals and Stanley Cup final. Um, another thing that NHL is doing is this is where I wish baseball would be making most of this time off, and Commissioner Manfred's done a horrible job of it. But um, well, the Commissioner NHL has done a terrible job at a lot of things, but go on. The um, NHL and NHLPA are, are closing in on a six-year collective bargaining agreement. Um, the biggest thing in there that I've seen is that it has plans or it has said that the NHL will play in the 2022 and 2026 winter Olympics. Mm. Um, this has been a, uh, issue with the players because they've always said, you know, no disrespect to playing for, you know, your club team, but. There's just something different about putting the red, white, and blue on or the having the maple leaf crest with red on it on your jersey. There's something completely different about playing internationally. than uh, And you want to talk about growing the game? I mean, you know, when you go like in a place like they're planning on Japan or that was Summer Olympics, my bad, but wherever the 2022 Olympics are or wherever the 2026 Olympics are, the, you're growing the game by going to that place It's in any sport. I mean, it's they're trying to do that, and 
by going to the Olympics, the players get to do what they want to do. Because I promise you, any player, if you say, hey, would you rather play, you know, have the all-star break, or would you rather take two weeks off from the season and go play in the Olympics? I guarantee you every single one of them is going to go play in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I remember um, that too. I mean, when we were kids, that's what they would do. I mean, they'd take those two weeks off. I mean, heck, I remember going to a Stars training camp and wondering where the heck Marty Turco was, and he was over playing with Team Canada back in 2010 and all that. Um, yeah. So I, I, I have no doubts that every single player, I mean, wants to go play for – their nation of course especially to be an olympian i mean that's just an achievement in itself um but kind of speaking of hockey jared and kind of the nhl um i know because i wanted to talk to you about this whole thing and i want to hear your opinion on this and that's the whole lottery draft uh what do you think about that what do you think about uh the nhl essentially screwing over the detroit red wings well my thing about it is i i I feel bad. I really do. Because they had a really bad season. <laughs> and you don't even get a lottery pick. It's like, I know the reason they're doing it is to discourage uh, tanking. Kind of like how, you know, the Mavericks tanked for Luka yeah. Doncic. Now, that worked out. Don't get me wrong. But, but they also had to trade for him as well. With Yes. Uh, now, whole... I don't think, you know, I feel like if you finish with the worst record in the league, you should be guaranteed a top three pick. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's only on fair. And because, see, guys that you draft later in the rounds, like later in the first round, they may not play for you for another two years, three years. It's kind of like the way hockey draft hockey drafts are. It's very similar to what baseball is. Um, if you're drafting a college kid, they may finish their degree before they come play on your team. Like a prime example of that is uh, – Kale McCarr on Colorado, he got drafted by them. He went back to college, and now he's uh, playing in the NHL. Um, The guys who get drafted that are our age, they technically play in junior hockey when they go to high school and all that. Those guys um, will get drafted. If you're not a top pick, you you may not be playing in the NHL for three years, depending on it. Most of the time, you're not going to crack the roster right away. But I, I don't think it's fair that a uh, – who won it, it's kind of hard. We can't really predict. But what it is is it's one of the teams that's going to lose in the play-in round. Mm-hmm. So it could be a team like Toronto. They don't need him. They're a playoff team. If the season ended where it did without having this play-in thing, they would have been in the playoffs. I don't think it's fair that a playoff team gets the number one pick. Now – if it's a team like Chicago, that would be ideal. A team that really shouldn't have been in the playoffs and had a chance of getting the lottery pick. I, I just – I don't think it's fair that Detroit kind of got – I mean, they kind of got screwed big, big time. I, I just – they kind of need to revisit this after this. I mean, uh, it's I not, wouldn't it's say not they fair. got a little screwed. I think they got literally bent over and screwed in the ass, honestly. I mean, the NHL just disrespected them entirely. And it's sad because, I mean, you think about the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, they were a team that – I mean, in the late 90s and early 2000s were a dynasty. I mean, they were one of the greatest hockey teams that they, would take the ice every single season. Yeah, they they are, um, historically speaking, they are the best 
American hockey team of of all time. If you go back to the days of Gordie Howe, you mm-hmm. go back to the those old old days, original six days, you could talk about that. Then the eighties, nineties, and two thousands where they went to the playoffs twenty five years in a row. Now, how in the hell do you do that? Um, you having guys like Steve Eiserman, Nicholas Lidstrom, uh, Pavel Datsuk, Pavel Datsuk, Henrik Sederberg, all those guys. It's just you kind of had to have a feeling that this wasn't going to last. I yeah. mean, twenty five years of the playoffs—that's crazy. I mean, yeah, especially when. Uh... Mr. Illich also passed away, went back in, uh, oh, Lord, when was it, Jared? Like I don't remember when it was. Yeah, yeah that it, was, it, I mean, that was kind of the, the downfall for, or really when the downfall store, uh, started kind of for the Red Wings. Um, but, Jared, kind of the final thing I want to talk about today before we end off this segment is uh, what is your predictions on this whole play-in uh, or even the resumed season? Who do you think could win the Astrid Cup this year? I... You know who I really want to win. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, but um, what I'm hoping for is, see, pretty much here's here's the thing. All the regular season stuff, that's gone. Everybody's on the same level now mm-hmm. because nobody's played for, okay, we're in July now, so they haven't played since March. So March, April, May, June, four months, four months out of the year. So... Pretty much everybody's back at opening day. So it to me, I would want to look at a team like Tampa Bay. I feel like they're the team in the East. They should be. Mm-hmm. But in the Western Conference, this may be a shocker. There's two teams who I think could do it. And it just depends on how they get out of the gate. If they come out up firing, they'll be a very hard team to beat. That's going to be the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, if you see Nathan McKinnon play, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Um, I just, I love the way they played. It's just their two other guys, Landis Gog and Rantanen, they're just hurt. Now you're having everybody back a healthy, a healthy avalanche team. They're going to be very hard to beat. And then yeah. the other team that I would say in the uh, Western Conference, I think the Blues are going to be pretty hard to beat because they're getting Tarasenko back. Mm-hmm. But, I really think the Dallas Stars have a legitimate chance. Um, I just think if, if Ben Bishop plays lights out, you have the guys that are going to score goals. You have a good defense. But it just it depends on the goalie. That's how you win cups. You Your goalie, it's about who has the better goalie. Um, I mean, I'd say like the biggest thing for the Stars is they're a team, and we've seen it before. You don't know what Stars team is coming out. They, they'll go on like a 10-game streak where they're putting up four or five goals a game and then go for a 15-20 game streak where they can barely put up two a game. I mean, it really just depends. And then they can't put up that support for Ben Bishop back there. And, I mean, we've seen in the past what the defense has done sometimes. I mean, you talk about that St. Louis Blues series last year. I mean, that, what, it was game seven, if I'm not mistaken, that Bishop made over 50 saves? Yeah, 50 saves only gave up two goals. I mean that that's just showing you that the stars really they're they're an interesting team because if they if they come out of the gate like you're saying they're going to come out firing but if you get that team that's inconsistent ooh, it's going to be a very see, very rough season or rough end of the season for them. Cuz see for me with the stars they cannot like kind of like the winter classic. This is how the teams this is how the stars are. 
they I hope this is different because they cannot afford to start slow. But it, when they start slow, they they kind of dig themselves into a hole that they can't really yeah. get out of. Kind of like St. Louis, for example. Not not this past year, but um, you know, with the Winter Classic, for example, when they when Nashville scored two goals right away, we were like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah. this is not going to be good. And then look, they turned it around. But yeah, I mean, they put up four goals in that game. For me, with my what I would love to happen. Now, chances of it happening are very slim. Don't get me wrong. I would love a playoff series between the Dallas Stars and the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course you would, Jared. Of course you would love that Cause, series. Because, see, here's my thing. With with us, you know, we have one of the greatest players probably to ever play hockey. I'm not saying he's the greatest. He's not the greatest player of all time. But I would say when he retires, I think Kane is probably a – he's for sure a top 20 hockey player of all time, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you're talking about one of the greatest hockey players of all time on your team. And I just think, you know, with what, what we have that most other teams don't have is pedigree. The Penguins are the only other team too, but us and the Penguins – we have the guys that have been there, done that. Yeah. With, you know, we have Kane, Taves, Keith, Seabrook, and Crawford, and Saad. And the Penguins have, you know, Malkin and that other center who I despise because he's so good. But um, you you have a bunch of guys who have pedigree and they've been there and done that. Now, this playoffs is going to be different with no fans. Because, see, there's nothing like playoff hockey. And that's the thing I've always explained to people who don't know hockey is, you know, go, go, go watch a playoff game. Go, go watch it. See how much, you know, how different it is than a regular season game. But it's, it's going to be interesting to say the least. It's kind of hard. I can't really tell you who I'm going to bet on to win the, after the play-in round, like once the play-in round's done and the seed's determined and all that. Then I'll be able to tell you who I think is going to be the Stan- be in the Stanley Cup. But right now, it's going to, it's a little difficult. I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised that you think the Stars are. I mean, I I definitely think the Lightning have a great shot about that. Um, and I mean, the Avalanche. I mean, coming back for it with a fully healthy team, that's going to be a scary team. I mean, they're a team that if they catch on fire, they catch on fire. And even if they don't do that well, I mean, they're a team that's just very, very, very consistent. I mean, they. They've always kind of been a consistent team. Now, I will say this, you know, in prior years, they haven't been the best team. They haven't been very consistent. No. They were kind of a, a bottom-dweller team. But now, I mean, they've kind of built up the team. And really, yeah, I, I my my prediction is, a, I, I will say that it's going to, for my prediction, it's going to be Avalanche and Lightning for sure. Um, now, I, I just don't know if the Stars will have that. I, I honestly just think we'll see the Stars that are just underwhelming and just can't put up goals to save their no, lives and, and really just get Ben Bishop killed. No, and that's the thing. In, it's like that in hockey. You you cannot expect your goalie to save 40 shots every single game. You can't. Yeah. I mean, you, especially now after this long layoff, I mean, you you cannot expect your goalie to forty saves a game. That that's, and if he does that, you're playing horrible defense. Yeah, 
I mean, but, that get, that's game seven for you in a recap from last year. Um, but, but for me, for me with, you know, the other teams, like Vegas is one that I can see, you know, maybe. But again, all teams are back at square one now. Yeah. Anybody can win now. I mean, if Chicago came out firing like they can, we do the hard, we're one of the hardest teams to beat when we're playing good. We just, it, I just don't know yet. I can't give you a Stanley Cup prediction. I mean, I would like to say Tampa Bay, but I just don't know. And that's fair enough. I mean, heck, I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch it all play out, and it'll be exciting, hopefully, whenever hockey resumes. Uh, and I think it's a great time, honestly, for the brand of hockey just to kind of ex- get uh, more fans really involved in it, especially the fact that now there's not going to be that many sports. Because, see, they're, I think they're going to catch – the baseball fans. I mean, Mr. Gibson even talks, has said stuff to me. He's like, you know, maybe with hockey coming back, I'll get into it. Well, I yeah, mean, also the fact, I mean, he, also the fact that Seattle's going to get a team eventually. So I, I would imagine he's going to start getting into hockey as well. Because for, for me, with, especially going back with it, you know, I just want to say one last thing before we end the show. But with the Olympics going back, I think the, with the Olympics, I think probably the greatest hockey moment that I've, you know, remember. I mean, even more than the Blackhawks winning the Stanley Cups. I think my favorite hockey memory of all time was when, uh, back in 2014, the last time uh, NHLers were in the Olympics, when that United States versus Russia game in the shootout with T.J. Oshie. Yeah, T.J. Oshie. That was one of my favorite memories I've ever had in sports going you know i woke up early so i didn't have to watch it on tape delay i I woke up i think they played at shoot i'd like to say i I watched all of the all of the pregame stuff and then the stuff i think i was up because i couldn't sleep i think i was up at 4 30 to watch the game and it was the most excited i've ever been when when he's when he scored that last shootout goal i was like when we clinched the game that was the i was the happiest at the time the other thing i wanted to add so it depends on what you want to count so you know how the russians have got caught cheating with steroids and all that recently mm-hmm. um if you they won the gold medal in shoot the last winter olympics they won a gold medal so i don't really count 18. that I don't really count that because they're called the Olympic athletes from Russia because they got caught yeah. cheating. But before that one, they have not they had not won a single Olympic gold medal since before the miracle on ice. They went 40 years without winning a gold medal. And what about it? <laughs> no, I'm just saying like with with them it's like they're, they they kind of went downhill right after we beat them. Yeah. I mean, after the miracle on ice, they, they have a great team. I think with Ovechkin and Kucherov and all those guys now. But and Malkin ever as well. since ever since we've beaten them, they just they haven't been able to put it together. They kind of went downhill pretty quickly because it was pretty embarrassing to ha- like it, we think about what it's like for us, how great it was for us to beat them. But imagine what it's like for them. To yeah. lose to us, I mean that yeah. that that hurt him. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's why it also goes down as one of the greatest sports memories of all time. Kind of when the David beats the Goliath. 
Uh, but I think, Jared, that is going to wrap up our show for this week as a thank you from myself, Max Danielson. And Jared Edges. And as always, have a pleasant good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening to you, wherever or whenever you may be listening. Thanks, y'all, and we will see you next episode.